Welcome to Sky Team's People First with Morag Barrett. So, welcome to this week's episode of People First, and I'm excited to introduce you to my friend and colleague, Jason Levin, who is the author of A Relationships to Infinity, The Art and Science of Keeping in Touch. And look at all the little flags I've put in the book as I went through it. So, you will have guessed that Jason and I are going to be talking about a topic close to our hearts, which is the importance of professional relationships in our lives and careers. But a little bit about Jason before we get started. He's a sought-out speaker, advisor, and thought partner to organizations, professional associations, executives, and lawyers with career management and business development needs. Did you like the dramatic pause there, Jason? (laughs) Very nice. Um, He guides C-suite executives through career transitions, whether that's into retirement, post-retirement, or career transitions. And he has had quite an ex, uh, a breadth of corporate experience and now is the founder of his own business, Ready, Set, Launch, which uh, embarked in the world back in 2011. So, Jason, a bit of a, a hodgepodge there introduction on your behalf, but welcome to People First. Thank you, Morag. It's a great pleasure to be here. I appreciate you. Well, I love the book, and I know we're going to get to that first. So I want to start with your origin story, though. So flashback, you're a wee lad in elementary school. The teacher has called you to attention. Jason, Jason, what do you want to be when you grow up? What was your answer? Well, uh, in elementary school, uh, I had a a problem sitting still. So first and foremost, my teacher was probably not calling me to attention. Uh, I'll never forget my fourth grade teacher actually sat on me because I got out of my chair so many times. (gasps) And like the entire class was just dying laughing because I couldn't sit still. Yeah. Um, in that same year in fourth grade, uh, I found my voice. Uh, my dad had brought home some of his uh, pens from his office. Uh, and I saw an opportunity and because people like to write. And so I uh, ended up selling all of the pens that my dad uh, had brought home from the office. And one day my dad asked me, where are my pens? And I said, dad, I sold them all. (laughs) So 35 cents for one or three for a dollar. So to answer your question, I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't know what that was. Uh, I didn't think I wanted to be a pen salesman, but I liked that idea of, Ooh, here's a need. People like to write and they're not getting what they need. I'm just going to, you know, sell it to them. I love it. I've got a picture of you as a door-to-door pen salesman now. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and it it evolved. Uh, In middle school, uh, I uh, I saw a need for Tic Tacs. And so I was selling Tic Tacs to my classmates. Uh, Individually or in the little canisters? So not individually, in the canisters. But they come uh, back then they came in packs of three. Uh, so I had a Tic Tac resale business. Uh, the most popular flavor was orange. And yes. uh, to many of my classmates who went through with me to high school, uh, I am known to them as the Tic Tac man. Uh, oh, my because- goodness. This is fascinating. Because in England, we had the little plastic flip up tops. They didn't come in tubes. And right. I remember that the double ones, you could get them with two different ones. I never liked the mints, really. But the orange ones, absolutely. All right. Back to yeah. you then, Jason. <laughs> So, 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 uh, in a lot of ways, uh, I, 
you know, it's funny. I, I really just enjoyed uh, people and figuring out what they needed and and delivering that to them. Uh, and then I think the the biggest moment for me and what changed a lot of my own career trajectory was when I was in high school and my father, who worked in Midtown Manhattan in the Garment Center, uh, he lost his job during the uh, recession in 1989-1990, and uh, that you know impacted our family because uh, you know we're a classic family of the 80s. My dad went to work, my mom uh, stayed at home. And uh, he, you know, there was no talk of networks. There were no talk of relationships back then. It was just, you went to a job and you stayed with that and you worked hard and you stayed loyal and you did it to the end. Mm -hmm. So um, I was a pretty wacky teenager. I wanted to understand why, why was this happening to my dad and my family? So I started uh, getting my hands on the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Fortune. Uh, if you and I were friends in college, Morag, I was helping you with your internship search because I cared about it so much. And the one thing that keep coming back to my earlier readings was everybody was talking about their mentors, their relationships, their network. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wanted to understand what that meant. Um, so I was, kind of, I was a relationship geek uh, even back uh, when because I saw what my dad didn't have and when he and he eventually did find another job um and he's got a great set of relationships but he's you know he's shy right mm-hmm. uh, uh a, a lean introvert uh and and so for me uh that was a, a pivotal moment my dad's unemployment and just you know sparking an interest and in, and in how this all works okay well we're going to dive into your book relationships to infinity and i know one of the things that you make clear in here as my team and I do in You, Me, We and in Cultivate is introvert or extrovert, relationships still matter. And the tactics that you might choose to adopt need to be authentic to you. But the key is we need to have a process, a system. We need to make it part of our everyday action. So listen up, everybody. This is going to be a powerful conversation and you're going to leave with some ideas and inspiration for you to rekindle and strengthen your own networks. So let's just start with the basics. Tell me about the inspiration. I mean, you talked about your dad. That's the opening story in the book here. But um, what prompted you to finally write the book? So I think for me, uh, when I started uh, Ready, Set, Launch 11 years ago, I wanted to write a book called Relationships to Infinity. My wife has heard me talk about this magical book of Relationships to Infinity that never came to life. And Initially, I wanted to write the book because we say keep in touch, this magical phrase Mm -hmm. that we don't act on. And I've always been curious why. Why do we say keep in touch when we really mean goodbye? Or why do we say keep in touch? But yeah, I'll keep in touch only if you do the work of the Mm -hmm. act of keeping in touch. So I've always been fascinated by that. And then, you know, you fast forward to the pandemic and we go virtual and we lose connection. We lose all different types of connection where we become isolated. Even I started to feel like a wilted flower. And I said, you know, there's something here that I, uh, need, to, I need to dive into. And I'm like, I said to myself, I need to write the book now. Uh, and what I started to realize in researching the book is that not only is keeping in touch an act of self-care, 
the need for our friendships. I'm, a, I'm an MBA. I was an accounting major, undergrad. I have a chapter on friendships because they are so important personally, professionally. Uh, and so bringing that to life uh, was for me, you know, uh, a great deal of joy because I think that, you know, you think you're good at something, right? Or mm -hmm. you, me, and then you write a book and then you realize you know nothing. Yes. Uh, because then you, once you dive into the social science and then the academic research, you're like, oh my Lord, there's a whole community out there that have studied this, given it names. You yeah. Know, uh, the, uh, the, the notions, and I think what, what really struck me uh, were the notions of um, the strength of weak ties and the power of dormant ties. So tell us more about that, because that phrase, weak ties, dormant ties, um, strong ties, et cetera, may be new to some of the sure. listeners. So I remember reading The Tipping Point in 2000. Mm -hmm. uh, I read the book twice. It was so impactful. Okay. I read the book twice. And so what Gladwell talks about in his book is Mark Granovetter's research that came out in 1973. Uh, Strength of Weak Ties was a study done in the Massachusetts area where Granovetter was looking at why people found jobs. Yeah. And what he came to conclude was it's not the people that are very close to you, family and close friends, that will help you find your next opportunity. It are, it are these weak ties, these acquaintances that you have that can help you uh, land your next opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so maintaining those types of weak ties, your relationships uh, are critical to your own career, whether or not you need something. So, so strong ties and weak ties came out in 73, 1973. It wasn't until 2000 Gladwell made it famous from my, from my vantage point. And then building on that uh, is this notion of dormant ties uh, the, the fact that you lose touch with somebody uh, and what they can do for you. Uh, Adam Grant and Give and Take talked about uh, the research that was done uh, by uh, a group of academics studying executive MBAs and yeah. saying, all right, you know, take a business problem that you currently have and share it with people you currently know, then share it with people that you've lost touch with. And the way the study was done was, a minimum of three years of losing touch. And when the the results came back, the folks that they had lost touch with gave better insights, gave better ideas. And they're like, well, why? Why is this happening? It's like, well, people you lose touch with, they go on to have new experiences. They build new networks. They are, all, are seeing things in a completely different life. And so for me, I was like, wow. The notion that keeping in touch can make you smarter, can actually powerful. help move things forward. I was like, keeping in touch is not just the saying. Keeping in touch should be, for me, a way of living, right? So we'll come uh, into that. It's funny. This reminds me of a conversation I had with a previous guest, Robbie Samuels. And his point was that everybody we need to know is probably already in our network. And I think that leads directly to the dormant ties, the people we've forgotten that are in our LinkedIn network sure. or that we met sure. three years ago. And so the key here is twofold. One is 
maintaining the relationship because this isn't about collecting Rolodex cards, you know, business cards or even LinkedIn connections. It's the quality matter that matters, not the quantity. Sure. But once I have made contact with somebody, there's there's a double-edged sword. There's one that how do I maintain the relationship? And the misunderstood belief that this takes a lot of time, and I talk about it in Cultivate, it doesn't. Um, but also, how do I rekindle dormant relationships? So if I'm listening right. to this and thinking, well, yeah, there was that person that I worked with years ago that I enjoyed. How do I get back in touch? So which path should we take first, Jason? The how do you maintain relationships? And then how do you re or how do we rekindle dormant relationships? I think that maintaining relationships also hits on the dormant piece. Okay. Because for me, there's a couple of foundational uh, pieces of research in social science that actually speak to this. Uh, you and I, as human beings, we are nostalgic. We look at prior times in our lives with fondness and, and say, you know, way back when that was a great moment. You know, you asked me- remember the good old days, Jason? The good old when? days. Yes. yes. Like more, like even your intro question, Jason, talk about being a wee lad and I perk up. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about my dad's pens because, oh my God, that was awesome. And that was my key experience. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And so actually channeling our nostalgia can actually be very helpful in maintaining our relationships and activating uh, dormant relationships where you can say, all right, here's a favorable memory that you have. Share it. Like a, 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 a networking activity is actually taking a memory that you have and sharing it. The research shows it doesn't even matter what the medium is. It could be a carrier pigeon. It could be a smoke signal. So direct message, text, letter, email, all work. Yeah. And so actually playing off of our nostalgia is a wonderful way to activate and maintain relationships on both sides. And then the second piece, and it's part of my daily intention, and I, and I keep these close to my, um, in my office, uh, is appreciation. Mm -hmm. Thanking people for your, all the things that are wonderful that are in your world. So we talk about having uh, a, having gratitude. Some people have gratitude intentions. What if you were to marry your gratitude intention with your relationship base, right? And so, I mean, even the stamps I keep when I send thank you notes, you know, one is to thank people. The other is to celebrate. <laughs> I so, love the subliminal messaging that's going on there. The others may not know, but you get joy every time you do it. And then the one in whatever who notices, you've got balloons on your business stamps. And it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. So I think that too often people misunderstand the razzmatazz that is expected from them. And that gets back to the myth around personality type, when in reality, becoming just more consistent around sharing appreciation or sharing a favorable memory yeah. It's on the human need for connection. It is, the, it is the most foundational piece. And then when you've shared that memory with them, then you've kept in touch. 
You... There you go. It's as easy as that. It's the, if you liked Tic Tacs and have a Tic Tac memory triggered by Jason Tic Tac Levin, <laughs> then send a message now to somebody. And you're going exactly. to create a chuckle, but you're going to rekindle that relationship. Exactly. And it's one of those things where, the, like you're talking about, doesn't take a lot of time, doesn't take a lot of uh, technology prowess. Just a thought of you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end of the day, I think the pandemic has shown to all of us that we want to be remembered, uh, that we want to know that we have a broader set of people that we've made an impact on. Uh, and, and, and that feeds into a whole host yep. of areas and lanes and whatnot. So it reminds me in, in our programs, we'll often ask people to think about great leaders that they've actually worked with versus famous peeps. And people that would jump at the chance to work with again. And what was it that made them special? But the punchline invariably is then I want to get your phone out right now in this program, in this keynote, and send them either a LinkedIn message, a text, an email, a message to the universe, and to stop us when you get a reply. And I get goosebumps every time I do this exercise because it ties together everything you've been saying. It's the happy memory of Jason. I'm in this keynote. The Morags just asked me to think about best colleagues. I thought of you. It reminded me of your Tic Tac story. Hope you're having a good day. That's all it takes. You can even use me as the excuse of Morag made me do this. But invariably, the replies that come back are so powerful that then strengthen and rekindle those relationships. So I can only imagine for people that they're sitting there going, yeah, but... Uh, there's a reason that we are a weak tie or a dormant tie. I've forgotten who you are or we don't have anything in common. So how do how do people even start with who should I be staying in touch with? So when I have people look at their LinkedIn profiles or look at their resumes, the question I ask them is, who were the people that had a positive impact on you? Mm-hmm. High school, college, grad school, internships first job, second job, third job. And it's often, you know, I talk about this in the book where, you know, there's this concept of the social fortress where we create something around us where we're like, I don't know anybody. I don't remember anybody. It's kind of like you take that away and you go out into the universe and and you look at your, you know, very rarely do we actually audit our own careers based on the people that were important to us. And so mm-hmm. actually in your resume, in your LinkedIn profile, experience after experience after experience are these wonderful people that have been uh, favorable to you in some way, shape or form. Yep. Uh, and so that's where I say to start is go back in time. Either you, you can go all the way back or you can say, all right, today is September 7th, 2022. Let's go a year back, September 7th, 2021. Who were you interacting with? Who was doing something kind for you? Let's go two years back. Let's go three years back. Let's go four years back. And, and sure enough, you know, half of my fun at the end of the year is to look at my calendar. Yeah. I get a chance. And the way, you know, this is an annual activity I do. I look at the meetings that I've had, I look at the people that I've interacted with, and I say, wait a minute, who are the ones that um, went out of their way for me, kind to me, joyful to me, put a smile on my face. That's how you begin to think about uh, the people in your world that you want to maintain those relationships with. 
Now that triggered another thought because you, you're there positioning it. Look at the calendars. Who's made a difference for me? Who's brought a smile to my face? My challenge, and it comes out in you, me, we then, is then to do the reciprocal, is to think about the people for whom you have brought a smile to their face that may or may not be thinking about you right now. And again, it's the two way and it goes back to Adam Grant and the give and take. It's how can you be that person, the go-to person in someone else's network? And that's what you're also doing in nurturing the connections and relationships to infinity, which is what we're talking about today. So and, as you do, go on, sorry. No, you, you know, you showed the cover of the book and one of the reasons why the infinity symbol is not fully closed is that the work is never done. For me, yeah. the work is never, ever done. And so that's the, the fun part is that, you know, we brush our teeth every day and we, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we wash our hands, you know, often multiple times a day, hopefully. Um, how can we integrate these types of activities on a daily basis? Uh, and, you know, with that same amount of time that it takes to brush your teeth, the same amount of time it takes to wash your hands, uh, to send out a favorable memory or appreciate somebody. So two minutes in theory is what th that's how long those activities take. So what are some tactics that you adopt as daily habits then that others might choose to adjust or adopt themselves? So, uh, so I have a thanking intention after uh, my kids go to school. Uh, I set myself up to make sure that I've thanked somebody in my world uh, and actually uh, I know who I'm going to thank today because I'm about to, I just got uh, a great opportunity to speak at a conference. My co-panelist is someone that I had gotten an introduction from, from someone I knew from business school from 15 years ago. So um, she's getting a thank you text today. Uh, the second piece is I think that people uh, misunderstand LinkedIn or misuse LinkedIn. Uh, and so you know, LinkedIn started in the summer of 2003. I joined LinkedIn in January of 2004. And the My Network section of LinkedIn is a great way to sort and resort the people that are already in your relationship base. You know, first name, last name, uh, where they worked, alumni of. Uh, and one of my favorites is um, where they live. So, you know, if you have a business trip coming up, you can actually do a location sort on LinkedIn find mm -hmm. out where those people are. So, so I think a daily thanking intention and spending a little bit more time in my network to actually look at uh, where uh, the people that you worked with are now um, uh, and to be able to identify and connect with them. So, so in, so in You, Me, We, we talk about look up, show up, step up. And again, you're triggering all of these thoughts. The look up is take a moment to pause and think about who's in your network and, and do that LinkedIn search. Show up then is, is who do you want to have the time to meet with? How are you going to do it? And then step up, just do it. Because nobody is going to say, I was reading an article recently that those dormant connections, invariably people are so pleased to hear from us out of the blue. But we talk ourselves out often of sending that message because we'll think, oh, well, Jason will think I'm daft. It's been 10 years. He won't want to hear from me. He hasn't called me. I'm not going to do it. What are your Morgan, thoughts? It's, it's exactly it. It's that I, I saw that research and I saw that uh, article in the New York Times where we under this is, you know, at, you know, this is a year after the book has been out that there's new research showing 
people underestimate the favorable impact it has on sharing a favorable memory to the point where the highest impact is actually the dormant tie piece. It's, it's stunning. It's actually stunning. The, if you share a, fav a favorable memory, it has a 2x or 3x or 4x impact than what you think it actually has. And there's no downside, is there? Because, okay, I send this, the favorable memory. And even if nobody replies, I've put good juju out into the world. So you know what? I'm about to do a challenge. I double dog dare. I triple dog dare. Everybody watching this episode and listening, whoever popped into your mind, either as a best colleague or a dormant tie or a colleague you worked with a year ago, send them a message, a memory message right now that says, hey, I was listening to people first, to Jason Levin and Morag Barrett talk about networking, and I thought of you. How are you doing? Do you like Tic Tacs? That's a bonus extra. But put it in the comments. Share on the LinkedIn post here. Let us know what the impact is, but do it. You won't regret it, Jason. And that's connection. That's mm -hmm. connecting in its most classic foundational sense. Okay. So as we come to the end of our time together, how can people learn more? Obviously, get your hands on the book. It really is. It's a quick read, but it's a powerful read, hence the flags that I have in it. Um, but where can people learn more about you, your coaching, the work that you're doing, and your speaking? So thank you, Morag. Uh, you can go to my website, readysetlaunch.net. Uh, send me a note through my website. You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, uh, and Twitter. So all uh, the uh, usual sorts of places uh, that uh, one can find someone. And uh, I wouldn't be writing a book about keeping in touch if I promise that uh, if you reach out, I'll respond. So. And I will add to that, just connect with me on LinkedIn. I promise it's me that responds. But relationships, networking, it's not a nice to do. It is critical to our health. It is critical to our success in business and life. So, Jason, thank you for spending time with me today on People thank First. Thank you, Morag. Great to be here. Thank you so much for joining Morag today. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. If you learned something worth sharing, share it. Cultivate your relationships today when you don't need anything before you need something. Be sure to follow Sky Team and Morag on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you have any ideas about topics we should tackle, interviews we should do, or if you yourself would like to be on the show, drop us a line at info at skyteam.com. That's S-K-Y-E team.com. Thanks again for joining us today. And remember, business is personal and relationships matter. We are your allies.